Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we begin the Friday edition of Big Bets here on VSIN. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Amal, I, I caught the uh, the spot you did with Michael Lombardi and uh, Patrick Maher and Lombardi on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it was good, it was informative. There were some unnecessary shots that were taken at yours truly. I'm just going to say, you know, like you said, John Goulet, you know, and myself and Femi Abebefe, we're, we're all Cowboy fans. And you said that none of us live in the, I believe, the area code. I said down. time zone. Let's time go zone. a little further. Time zone. What time zone are we? We're in the. We're in the Pacific now. So but I'm getting closer. Well, I skipped over. Well, I was in the Midwest. You, you were you were in Virginia. You might have been. Uh, proximity is probably about the same to <laughs> Dallas. But, you know, Eastern time zone, John in the Eastern time zone and Femi in the Pacific time zone. Dallas, obviously, in the Central, and somehow you guys wound up Cowboy fans. Hey, good news, though. Yeah. You guys got an opportunity to watch a great game on Sunday. Burrow should be able to do some work. Micah Parsons versus Burrow uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to that Cooper Rush-led offense. I'd go triple <laughs> option here, but that's just me. Or single wing. I'm with yeah. you either way. Let's just run the ball, boys. Uh, going to have a great show today here on a Friday. We're going to have Lou Finicaro join us in studio here. Can't wait. Uh, it's going to be great to have Lou here in studio. We'll talk NFL with Lou, but, of course, he is a part of our team at uh, First Strike here. We'll be uh, doing that show later on today, so we'll get his thoughts on the UFC card this weekend. I always say this every week, though, Maul, you've heard me say it enough, too. You know, it's not. it doesn't have to be a pay-per-view. Dana White, we always have a card, a main event, yeah. that's going to be attractable, certainly to the better. So we'll get Lou's take on that and also his place for the NFL. But we do want to begin the show because I believe one of our coworkers today is celebrating a birthday. Is that right? 
Yeah, Sean McCullum. I think he's turning 105. Sean! <laughs> the, uh, quick there you shout go. out. Happy you know, birthday behind I, the glass. I, I tell you, Dave, we're very fortunate. You know, we have a ton of people that work here, but the three guys that are with us in studio, Kelly, Kevin, and Sean, tremendous guys, make it a lot of fun to come to work with. And, um, Look, I, you know, I love working with you. You are a tremendous, tremendous human being, but your affinity for the Cowboys in Syracuse <laughs> just irks me. It, it is like literally uh, oh. just, oh, my God, wait buddy. Till, wait till we get to October, LGM, hashtag, let's go Mets. Oh, by the way, yeah. speaking of which, I told you in KB before the show, last night before we left, I said Mets run line gravy. I, I wanted to say that. Like, we didn't give it out on the program I, yesterday. I know. Right when we got done with the show, you said you love the – and, boy, the Mets finally got a much-needed win yesterday – uh, against the Buckos, so we'll see if they can keep that going. Uh, but certainly happy birthday to Sean. And also Matt Brown, who's going to be doing the final countdown with Stormy uh, oh, after us here. So we've got a lot of birthdays here at Visa today. Was it a present if you backed the Chargers last night getting the four, or was it like it shouldn't have been that big a sweat? It shouldn't have been that big of a sweat. Where did Everett get down to before the, the interception? Two. The two. Okay, so you're two yards away from uh, basically clinching the game. Well, I shouldn't say clinching, but because if you go to overtime. Uh, but look, if we, everybody feels like they're going in, right? Chargers are going in. They've got command of this football game. And the ironic part about the play, Amal, that you're alluding to the interception is it was Everett again. He was targeting. He was gassed. Did you notice that? I, he didn't even run the route. I thought they did a tremendous job on Prime of pointing that out. Uh, I, you know, this is an absolute hindsight call, so I'm not going to necessarily criticize them. I actually like the concept of going tempo there, mm -hmm. but because it ended up hurting them, and they should have seen the scenario with Everett. I wish Everett had just gone down like an injury. Yeah. It, it would have been much more beneficial. But they wanted to go tempo. Um, if, Dave, this is going to sound extreme. Ooh. But I thought that may have potentially – I'm not saying the Chargers can't win the division, but had they gotten that game, have you seen their schedule for the next four weeks? Yeah. It is Cupcake City. Your boy Jim Beheim would be proud of this <laughs> schedule they got coming up here. Jacksonville, Houston, the Atlanta Falcons, Ooh, I believe, are in there somewhere. The Brownies. The Brownies. I mean, Broncos at home, the Seahawks <laughs> at home. All I'm saying is had they won that game, they would put themselves in a position where realistically, if they win the game at Cleveland and win the game against Denver – they're looking going into week 10 at San Francisco at 8-1 and because they have a buy in week number 8. Realistically, they'd be a prohibitive favorite to have gotten to that record. Um, excuse me. Or maybe have undefeated had they won this game last night. I thought for sure they were the better team. I don't know how you view it. Yeah. I, I thought this Chargers team, they looked great. I thought the defense was very impressive. But that guy, that dude... Patrick Mahomes, oh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's a different kind of dude. Well, we've been saying it since we, we began doing big bats here. When yeah. you look at the MVP market, you know, it's the Roy Jones. It's y'all must have forgot. And, and <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. we, we saw it again last night with that kind of sidearm special. Oh, how, how brilliant a pass was that? And by the way, you look at the odds, and this is something you and I were talking about before the show. They haven't, they haven't moved significantly. The Chiefs are still plus money, even though they've now got uh, off to the 2-0 start with that huge win. Last night, as you mentioned, plus the dollar fifteen. The Chargers don't slip and slide that far. Plus two five. Look at the Broncos. Plus four fifty. Look at the Raiders, who were about six dollars to begin the year. Now plus seven oh five. So there are some drops, but it is amazing to me that you see here via DraftKings, the Chargers are still kind of, you know, nipping on the heels of the Chiefs. Yeah, to Dave's point, and he brings up an excellent one, which you look at this adjustment, there's hardly an adjustment for people that are unaware. Uh, before the game yesterday, the Chiefs were plus 125 to win the AFC West. The Chargers were at about plus 190. They've now come down to 205, and we see the Chiefs up to plus 115. On the same token, in the AFC East, before the season started, Buffalo here in Vegas closed at minus 240. 
Dave, they, they win the game against the Rams. The Dolphins win a division game. And now the Buffalo Bills are around minus three fifty to four dollars, depending on where you get the price. The Chiefs win a division game against your biggest threat at home, <laughs> and because of their upcoming schedule at Tampa, I, I think oh, Tampa's uh, it might be a KC, but they've got a daunting schedule. It is amazing the numbers we see right now. Kelly just threw up the numbers: Buffalo minus four dollars, the Dolphins plus four fifty. You win a game and you drop down about a dollar. Uh, I mean, wow. in terms of being a favorite. Minus 150 to 160. Well, it's exactly, Amal, what you, you do a great job of is, is kind of leading the, the better when you, you're looking at this. This is what the books are telling you, right? They're telling you the Chargers, despite that loss last night, are not far away from the Chiefs. But everybody in the AFC is they're very far away, even the Miami Dolphins, away from the Buffalo Bills. So I think in one short week, because remember, you could have got the Bills at, what, minus 240, minus 250 before uh, the season began, now it's over $4. It hasn't moved that much for the Chiefs. And this is why I kept saying all summer long, you know, the division of death. And it really is. Like, get buckle up, kids, and we have to do the math. But we're going to see, what, about 12 of these type games, if the math is correct, in the AFC West, of just people beating the crap out of each other every other Sunday or Thursday or Monday. And, look, the Raiders are already feeling week one. They got that battle. It comes down to the last drive against the against the Chargers. They can't get it. They lose by five. And then you see the Chargers last night, three days later, after that slugfest with the Raiders, going to Arrowhead, controlling the Chiefs for the better part of three quarters, and then somehow you know, coming back with Herbert, getting that late touchdown just to cover the number. But, I mean, this is life in the AFC West. I mean, them all buckle up each and every week. And I hope the Broncos are up to snuff because we thought they would be, and I think they will be too. But that opening season loss to the Seahawks, and then you got to take on the Chiefs, Chargers, and, and Raiders. Good luck. I, I would agree with you completely. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit for a second, just kind of from what we've seen the first week and mm-hmm. obviously the one game last night. Just quickly from your perspective in the AFC, who is the best? Who do you look at as the biggest threat? I, I kind of have a little bit of an adjustment. Look, I think I like Baltimore, yeah. but I would put them at four. And I've got three other teams ahead of them. Give me where you have teams. Okay, I do have the Buffalo Bills one. They are the shortest odds right yeah. now on the board to, to win the AFC at plus 250. Uh, I do like the Chargers still second. I'm with you. That's what I was trying to get yeah. at. I, I like the Chargers second as well. And, and that's the weird thing. They're plus 750, and you see the Chiefs. Now, there's a huge variance there, right? We just talked about the variance in the AFC West. It's not that much. It's only a dollar. Well, yeah. Plus $1.15 to plus 205. Look at the variance here to win the conference. Whoa. And that's because... You're going to assume now the Chiefs have it's two weeks in, yeah. but they've got they're sitting in the in the driver's seat right now, and the Chargers are in the passenger seat to win the division, and then i.e. possible home field advantage in hosting a first round playoff game. Yeah, absolutely. For me, it'd be Buffalo, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and then the and then the Ravens. However, still lots of football to be played, and I know it's an overreaction based on yeah. the game plus for those two teams and everyone else just with one game. But I got to tell you, I don't know if you saw the very opening uh, possession for the Chargers. Uh, Herbert threw a pass to Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just it just showed his greatness. On an, uh, he was covered. I mean, it was blanket coverage, and he just finds the right spot to put the ball. I mean, it was it's unbelievable. Yeah, and I thought, look, I, you know, normally we don't necessarily give wide receivers a ton of market respect in terms of the betting number. I thought the loss of Keenan Allen was impactful last night. You saw it late. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it felt like to me if Allen's in the game, there's some scenarios where Mike Williams – 
I, I Look, I go back to the Clemson game. Everyone wants to point to Deshaun Watson. I've always maintained this. In Tampa, when Clemson beat Alabama for the national championship, it was Mike Williams in that fourth quarter who went up and made catches. Yeah. That guy is an absolute dude. He, How about that touchdown <laughs> catch? I mean, oh, this guy just makes plays. He does. The other thing, if I'm being totally honest, and yes, as we talked about on the show yesterday, I had the Chargers plus four. Very thankful that Herbert stayed in there yeah. and gutted it out. But I will tell you, as I'm watching the game in real time, I said, take him out. Because if you saw that last drive, the, 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 the play before the great pass, I think it was to Palmer, uh-huh. where he just threaded the needle down the middle. Great coverage, bracket coverage, and somehow he got it in there. The play before, when he couldn't run, and his left arm is, like, giving out on him, and he just, like, throws, like, a two-yard duck. I went, what are we doing here? And they're down 10 at that point, so I need the seven for the backdoor cover. But I'm also thinking, I want this kid upright for 17 weeks. Yeah. And we don't know. We'll find out today. He does have a rib injury. We don't know the significance of it. But we'll keep that in mind for the betting market going forward for their next game. Because, you know, we're not doctors. But, boy, you're watching that and you go, that kid's in a lot of pain. I, I didn't see it because as soon as the pick six happened, I left. I oh. was like, I go, this game's over. I'm like, I, I said, I'm, I'm leaving my house. I'm heading out. But, you know, somebody messaged me that said Herbert got hurt. But I don't think the injury might be as severe as we initially anticipate because you said he was able to lead the drive. I'm not saying he's not in pain. No, right. But maybe hope and hopefully it's a sign that it's not going to be that detrimental. I just put out on Twitter. I said, clearly it's a broken rib. Trust me, I'm a doctor. No idea. We'll find out what the actual doctors say. Dave, if I tell anybody I'm a doctor, they never question it. I'm just telling <laughs> really? you. Really? Well, can you do it like with a straight face? And trust me, I'm a doctor. Oh, 100. I'd trust you. Again, we're going to have Lou Finnecaro later on in the program. When we come back, we'll talk more NFL and certainly college football as well. Come on back. It is Big Bets here on a Friday. Jacketless Friday here on VEASAN. Come on back. It is the Sports Betting Network. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot. But the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Start your football season off on the right foot by subscribing to VSIN Pro. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily picks at a glance recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, 24 7 video, season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long. Pro tools like our exclusive betting splits and our pro tips updated every hour with actual insights to help up your betting game. Sign up for our discounted football special and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all season long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all of your options to become part of the Sports Betting Network. We roll on with a Friday edition of Big Bets here at South Point Casino. I'm Marshall, Dave Ross coming at you. You know, we I do that read, and I, I go through the Super Bowl, and I think, well, that's a long way away. No, no, some teams are already two weeks in. And it's a conversation we were having during the break, and it's about the health of Justin Herbert. Yeah. If you want to, and hopefully you have subscribed already, hopefully I've got to play on San, on San Diego, on the Chargers to win the AFC at plus 1250. Took that back in February, March. Very good bet. Thank you, sir. Now, it would be a much better bet if I know that Justin Herbert's going to be upright and healthy for the majority of those 17 weeks. So, at the end of that game last night, down 10, outside of the two-minute warning, you know, you're watching Herbert. He's visibly hurt. Again, we're not doctors. We're not playing doctors. We're not telling you what to do. Thank you, Justin Herbert. You, you backdoor covered for me. That was wonderful. But I will say, when they were down 10, and he couldn't move on the third and one scramble, as Kelly and I, you know what, Kelly, what, about 10 yards of green grass in front uh, of him? He had, it, it, I mean, at least 10 yards. It, and he couldn't move. Ten. He could not move. So, I mean, it was, well, I know you didn't see the play, yeah, but it, it was, you could tell he kind of raised his arm to maybe give a pump fake or try something, and he was, he, I thought he was going to drop in pain right there. I did too. And then he, and then it was, again, third and one, easy to go run and pick up the first down. He kind of throws it lazily out of bounds uh, and leads then to the fourth and one strike that he <laughs> delivers on. But I'm sitting there yelling at the TV, what are you doing? Get him out of this game! And see, that's the point, and I'm with Kelly. I'm sitting there, and I'm watching with my buddy Tyler Fulgham over there at ESPN, and I said, get him out of the game. They put Chase Daniel in for one play when he initially got hurt. Okay. Right, and they ran the ball, and then Chase came out. Get that paycheck, Chase. Get that paycheck. I mean, the guy's doing, like, he's doing NFL Sunday, uh, or uh, NFL Network on Sunday night. Chase Daniel. And I went, oh, so he's out of the league. Yes. He was hosting, like, co-hosting on Sunday night. And I went, oh, so Chase is finally out of the league. And no, no, no. And he suits back up like Batman or Robin. And then he's in the game. I'm like, this guy's everywhere. I mean, he's just collecting checks everywhere. I, I, listen, I like Chase. He's from Dallas. I uh, went to South Lake Carroll, had a good career at Missouri. But, man, 
Dude, what a job. This guy has been fortunate enough to steal more money than most players ever. 13 I, seasons in the NFL, 261 pass attempts. That's, that's wow. Un, that's who un, you know what? That's, that's exactly that's exactly 20 per year. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Right? It's the best job in the world is holding the clipboard. Yep. Yeah. So, I, he, so the, the point that we're trying to get at for Charger backers, future, futures-wise, mm-hmm. okay, everybody on social media and Twitter, you know, they're like, Thank you, Justin Herbert, legend. I even heard on, on Drive-In, on NFL Network, they were like, you know, gutsy performance. I'm like, it really was. I, I mean, I, I, there's no way I could have done it, right? But my point is, why was he in there? It's, you're, you're down 10. It's just outside the two-minute warning. The only way you possibly have a shot, and they almost did get the onside kick to their credit, but it, you knew it was going to come down to the onside kick. It wasn't like you could get three timeouts, get a stop, get the ball back for Herbert realistically twice. Are you jeopardizing more, Brandon Staley, by getting that – meaningless touchdown, not to us in the gambling community, but certainly in the bigger picture community of actually trying to win something. I, I just thought it was maybe a little bit too much risk for not enough reward. I hear what you're saying, but a few things I want to address. First of all, uh, Kelly brought up a great point, and I'm glad we talked about this again because I didn't see the injury. Mm-hmm. Stop watching after the pick six, and obviously it was far more severe than I initially thought because he was in the game still, and you guys talked about it. I love the term, Ke- Kelly, you said it's medical malpractice. Yes. Um, but the reason why I believe the Chargers, once they thought Herbert could play, kept him in there was because, Dave, I get your point, it looked like the game was over, but you just referenced it. If they recover the onside kick, now, remember, if you get an onside kick, worst case scenario, you're probably getting the ball at your own 42 if it bounces off a defender and comes back about three yards. And there was still time. They had a timeout yeah. at that point. So, so. you got to go 58 yards, 55 yards, maybe even less than that to get mm-hmm. to a touchdown. Field goal would have tied it, so you need 20 yards. So I get why they were trying to do that. If you win this game with their upcoming schedule compared to what Kansas City's schedule is, division road game at their place, boy, does it turn the tables in terms of what the AFC West yeah. becomes. The other thing I want to point out is, by the way, was it me or did Brandon Staley look like scared money at the poker table? Holy cow, this guy was not shoving unless he had pocket quads. How many times was he going to give the ball away on fourth and short where you'd think he'd go for it? I couldn't believe how passive they were. Somebody's got to. I don't know if that's Tom Tom Telesco in the front office. I don't know where that change has happened, but it was readily apparent. In the play calling, this is not the same Boy Genius 2.0 that was going for it, by the way, on his own, I think it was the 18 or 19, his own inside the 20 in Baltimore last year, early in the season, in the first quarter, and that game got completely out of control after that point, and I went, what are you doing? Like, can we mix those two? Can we Can we have a combination thereof of, let's not go full analytics, and, and trust your gut sometimes. Play defense, punt, field position, all that. You can do both. You don't have to follow one way, and now it looks like he's just going the complete opposite direction. Well, to your point, real quick, Paul Carr on a numbers game today dropping this stat for us. He put he put they punted with fourth fourth and two or shorter more times last night than they did all of last year. There, there you go. That's unbelievable. But, by the way, I disagreed with Herb Street and uh, Al Michaels talking about at the end of the third quarter. They go Kansas City. They assume they'd go for it. I, I said they got to kick the field goal, and here's why. Inside the one. Well, here's why. Because if you don't score, yeah. and if Kansas, I'm sorry, if the Chargers go 99 on you, now it's a two-score game. Uh, to me, you get the game level. You got to always. The one thing I'm a big fan of is keeping it as a one-score game, mm-hmm. and I think that was the easy decision um, from Kansas City's perspective. Very quickly, and then we'll put a bow on this. Yeah. Okay, just riddle me this, Batman. So it's fourth and one at the plays Kelly and I were just discussing. Yes. You're down ten. You're inside the ten-yard line. Why didn't they kick the field goal there? You still need two scores. 
So oh, yeah, easily could have. It was yeah. great for the covers. You, you, thank you. you, you. So they went, uh, this was on when the fourth. Okay, the I touchdown didn't that. was on fourth and one or fourth and goal. Whatever it was. was a goal to seven or eight, right? Why aren't you kicking the field goal there? Like oh, again, I, I, I know why. I'll tell you the reason why. Right. Because you're so far deep that that saves you 30 yards of field position if you go for a field goal to tie it after the onside's kick. Okay. You don't need to recover that much space. Now, if you let's say they kick the field goal and they're down by seven, you get the onside's kick. Now you're obligated to go 50 yard, 55 yards. Got to get the whereas whole thing. Before you only have to get 20 yards. All right, that's fair. But boy, thank and thank you, Brandon Staley, for for going for it and getting it. Because that, that helped me. John honestly. Harbaugh would have taken the three. <laughs> well, let's get some college football plays. Uh, we got some college football tonight. And I do want to start off with, uh, as you call it, well, some people, Steve Spurrier called it too, Free Hughes University, Thank Florida you. State. Thank you. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Kelly. Uh, laying the two and a half at the Ville. And now Louisville has been, go figure, the first two weeks. They go up to the Dome, no place like Dome. <laughs> And they get blown out in the carrier dome. It's a tough place to play. We get that. And then they go down. And somehow. You, you know I'm pl- praying Purdue wins this weekend against Syracuse. But please, I didn't even think about the game. Now he makes me think about it. Go ahead. Dave almost said that. He almost got through that with a straight face. I tried, I, I, tried, through that. I tried to keep a straight face for that. But that, that was the biggest shocker to me, Amal. You know me. I'm like, you know, Syracuse is. I, I mean, they're getting points at home against Louisville, and they blow out the Ville, and then the Ville turns around, goes down to UCF, and they get the win in week two. Now they're back at home. I, I, I don't know what type of program Satterfield's got going here for the I, Ville. I don't either. Right? Like, it's just Jekyll and Hyde. What do you make of this one? And Florida State, obviously, that week one win against LSU is still, I mean, that really got them off on the good foot. It really did. Um, you know, the one thing I would point to is that was a low-scoring game between Louisville excuse me, in UCF, but I, I thought Cunningham didn't play great, mm. but they were able to move the ball on the ground, 226 yards on the ground against um, UCF in that game. My concern in this game is Florida State offensively, as good as they looked, I like Jordan Travis a lot. I don't know what Kelly thinks. For people that are unaware, our producer went to Florida State. I think he's got good mobility. I, I think he does a good job with how poor the offensive line can be, or I should say inconsistent for them. Um, but to me, this is a stay-away game. Mm. I'm hoping somebody gets down 10 or 14 points and I got an opportunity to take a shot. I, I, I got to tell you, this is the worst college football betting card I've seen in years. It does feel tough. It's yeah, very difficult. I don't see anything that jumps out to me. This is another example. I, I will, I'm telling you, though, this is in my top five or six games of the weekend to watch. Kelly, what's your thoughts on this one very quickly here on uh, on Florida State on the road here? Uh, I, the, I think the game is tough. I do like Jordan Travis over on his rushing yards, though. I think mm. you're going to see, like uh, like you just said, a ball with a little bit of the ups and downs in the offensive line. I think seeing him take off and scrambling a few times for some big yardage in this game is something you can see. 39 and a half, the number I'm seeing on that right now. Uh, very quickly, gentlemen, before we get a break, uh, Josh Allen isn't walking that, through that door for Wyoming tonight against Air Force. You got an academy coming. We know how tough that triple yep. option can be. Uh, what do you make of uh, Air Force on the road here against Wyoming? Yeah, I think Wyoming's in serious trouble here. Uh, Air Force last year beat them in a tighter game, uh, Dave, but I still think in this matchup, they're going to have a hard time slowing this team down. Big number here, though. Oof. I don't want to lay it in Laramie. You're going to stay away from this one as 16 well. 16.5, and, yeah. and that total there at 47, so not expecting a lot of points. You got to lay a lot of points if you want to back the Falcons Tonight, when we come back, we'll go through more of the college slate that we see on the board for Saturday. And if there's anything that we can find to our liking, come on back. It's Big Bets here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of VEASAN Big Bets is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zen understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is just a little bit different. Everyone is on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there for you. Check out Zen Nicotine Pouches at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N. Com. A warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Back alongside them all, Shaw, Dave Ross here. We are rolling on with big bets here on a Friday, which means we got football tonight. Talked a little bit about those games. We got a lot of college football on Saturday. Amal, you made the point earlier in the program, and I think this is, dare I say, a pro tip. You think this is one of the toughest cards to, to handicap, and therefore you don't have to dive in on anything just to have action. You're looking for edges in games, and if you don't find them, you're not going to play them. So um, I'm in a contest where you got to make these college football picks against the spread. You get five entries. And our, our boss, the Frenchman, John Goulet, and I was texting him, and I said, who do you like this week? Because, nor- Dave, normally what I would do is I would put all five. Last week I had Virginia Tech on all five of my picks. Yeah. This week I've actually picked five games because I don't like any of these games. I think this is the toughest college board wow. I have seen in a long time. I just see the, the couple of factors that are involved here. You've got these matchups like uh, Alabama and UL Monroe, Ohio State and Alabama. I'm sorry, Ohio State and Toledo, uh, Georgia and South Carolina with a big line, even though it's a conference game. The numbers, from my perspective, are right where they should be or they're games that are tough to gauge. You know, the Florida State-Louisville game, I don't know what these teams are. LSU-Mississippi State, I really want to take Mississippi State, but I don't know how LSU is going to respond. I think LSU will be better at home. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's so many question marks about so many teams. I saw the uh, South Alabama Jaguars going on the road to the Rose Bowl, taking on UCLA. Line's gone from about 12 to 15 and a half, Mm -hmm. uh, past that key 14 there. I I just think there's a lot of tough games. I, I like BYU. But I didn't bet them because they're coming off that double overtime physical game against right. Baylor. Now you go up to Austin, one of the toughest places to play in America. I, I just don't see any game where I, I sit there and jumps out at me. I'm going to give you one day that I do like. NC State uh, at home against Texas Tech. But Guns Up is coming off of a great overtime win. Does right. that momentum propel them getting 10 on the road? I'm with you. I, that's one of my plays. We'll talk. We'll yeah. give you our, our, some of the plays that we did make. Uh, later on the program, I did play NC State. Don't turn your back on the Wolfpack. I love that spot for them here. I'm right there with you, all. I think it's a good spot. You mentioned Oregon against BYU. Uh, the quack attack's going to lay three and a half. Boy, I-, I would like it more if it was just that three. But that hook does does scare me because I know how physical BYU is. Yeah. But you just mentioned Dave Randa and Baylor, how physical that game was on a Saturday night. Maybe another bruiser in store here against Oregon. Yeah, and to your point, this does feel like a 31-28 game that yeah. could go either way. And I think the three and a half is a lot more crucial in this type of game than maybe in some other games that you see at the collegiate ranks. Uh, I think in the NFL, you you are always concerned about that, but in college, generally, I don't have that same fear factor. Uh, but in this one, I, I can't wait for this game. It's going to be 12:30 start on the West Coast. This should be a good one. I want to skip ahead to one game in particular because we have news surrounding it, mm-hmm. and it's Texas A&M. Okay. Uh, Max Johnson is going to get the start over Haynes King. Yeah. Uh, so Jimbo's making a change there. But Miami will be without their leading receiver as well, uh, Xavier Restopro, uh Trepo. I think I said that right. Restrepo. Uh, he had 11 catches and 172 yards in the first two games. So you get Miami's top receiver out. <coughs> You've got a change of quarterback, Max Johnson, who I believe is the – 
the son of Brad Johnson, right. if I'm not mistaken. And now you're going to lay six with the Aggies against the U. Uh, what do you make of this? So you take away – it's almost like, you know, last night where Harrison Bucker was with – they were without him for the Chiefs, the kicker, and then you had Keenan Allen, the top receiver for the Chargers out. Does the, does the top receiver from Miami to the backup quarterback for A&M, do they, are they kind of a wash? Yeah, um, yeah. to me, I'm not worried about X being out in this one for the Canes. I mean, you look at it last year, he had under 400 yards receiving. Uh, he's gotten off to a fast start, but I still think Miami's still pretty good overall. I like the six points here, Dave, with the Canes. Mm. And the reason being, when I look at this matchup, I think uh, Miami is going to be able to play physically with the A&M on the line. I, I saw App State dominate both lines. I was really disappointed in the performance by the Aggies offensive and defensive lines. And I think that's where Miami's going to hang its hat with Mario Cristobal. I like catching the six here mm. with the Canes in this one. A little bit later start advantage here for AM night game in college station, 8 PM local there in college station. So we'll see how the Canes perform here. Uh, we talked about this one earlier in the week. Cause you gave out your top five uh, true home field advantages, right? Forget about the team, how good the teams right. are, but the, the actual crowd and the, the venue Lends itself to the home team. That'd be War Damn Eagle, right? <laughs> Auburn Tigers, and they got Penn State. Uh, Nittany Lions coming in there uh, tomorrow, three uh, thirty p.m. Eastern time here uh, down there at uh, Jordan Hare. So now you're going to get three as the home dog with that crowd. But I still still think you like the the road team, maybe just a slight lean, maybe towards the Nittany slight Lions. Slight lean, not betting it. Um, I, I want to see both teams. I don't know what Brian Harson's squad is. Uh, T.J. Finley's back under center. Uh, okay, he's a pedestrian quarterback at best. Uh, you look at, uh, I, I like uh, Tank Bigsby at tailback, mm-hmm. but overall, how good is this Stay team? Stay bounds. Yeah, by the way, one of my favorite names is no longer at Auburn, Smoke Monday. That's great. It, it really oh is. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, great home field advantage. We know that, but the planes are better when it's at night, just like LSU, just like State College. There is a different atmosphere in these stadiums when it's a night game compared to being during the daytime. Um, it's an important game for both programs, really. Penn State, good quality win on the road at Purdue earlier this year. Now you go down to SEC country, good opportunity to kind of make a statement for themselves because I think Michigan and Ohio State are head and shoulders ahead of the Nittany Lions right now. And again, for those uh, that might have missed it earlier in the week, these are Amal's top five home field advantages, okay? And Washington's going to be on display, UW, yeah. this weekend. They've got a home game. Uh, Florida's going to be at home this weekend as well down there in, in the swamp. Uh, and then we just talked about Auburn right mm-hmm. there, ironically, against Penn State. They do have a great home field advantage up there at Happy Valley. Yeah. But the number one is LSU. And, it, you know, we saw it. They, they look like they didn't have a whole lot of business being in that Florida State game and, and maybe, you know, neutral site there. But when you yeah. go down, obviously, to Baton Rouge and get a true home game for LSU, you can feel it. I've never been there. I know you have. But there's something to it, isn't it? Yeah, first of all, Nick Saban, stop with saying that the Dome is a, home, is a neutral site, okay? Kelly knows that was not a neutral site. The reason why they on the road, that, the reason why they ran that fourth, uh, that play with one second, we're going to have that one play oh. was because the refs wanted to get out of the state of Louisiana alive. Hey, it was a lot more neutral than I think anybody thought it was going to be. There was a lot more Florida state fans there than uh, well, anybody was expecting. It's a straight drive down. I 10 to get to new Orleans and people are going to come to the Bayou long weekend. I get that, but make no mistake about it. It was all it was all the purple and yellow there for the LSU Tigers. But all I'm saying is that when you look at these opportunities, when you go down there, Mississippi State this weekend, that had they won that first game, I'm Man. telling you, I would be on LSU just simply because the home field advantage. What would you get there? I, there to me, Penn State's got a huge advantage in, in Auburn. These are the number two and three on my list. But I think there is a point of demarcation between one 
and then two. I think LSU is such a huge, huge home field advantage. How long did it take you? When did you learn in your life that the United States, the highways go 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80? I probably in my uh, late teens, because I, I interned in different cities, so I drove the country, uh, and so I, I learned that pretty quickly. I learned it last year. You just, oh, by the I, way, you know, it's five on the West Coast, 95 on the East Coast. I'm, <laughs> I was I'm figuring say, it all Dave, out. I was going to say, I know there's a system. I don't know. I didn't know exactly See? what it was. See? Kelly just learned. 90 Seattle to Boston, I-10 from Los Angeles to Jacksonville. That's a pro tip, Kelly, right there. They all <laughs> go Ma- up. 10 to, to, Miami. to Miami on 95, Seattle to San Diego on the five. Come on, guys. <laughs> This show is not just uh, informative. It's, it's educational as well. We, uh, we're, just, we're educating ge- Kelly. Geography is one of my go-to categories. I'm yeah, a little... You should have heard our divisional game math before oh, the show. Was, that was oh, just my God. Trying to figure out how many games in the round <laughs> robin. Oh, hold on. I got a quick question for everybody here. Sean, Sean, and, uh, Sean and Kevin can answer this one if they know it real quick. Kevin? Because I, I get annoyed when people say this to me. Game goes to overtime. You're catching six and a half points. What's the most team a team can win in overtime by? Well, you think it's by six. Correct. But in the NFL, that is, in fact, Yeah, this fact. is for NFL. Right. For NFL. Yes, yes, yes. College, you can win by 14. I think it's six. Eight. Eight. You guys are wrong. My, oh. Of course, my man McCullough's <laughs> got the right answer. The birthday boy, Sean McCullough. Oh, because he can kick the field goal. Yeah. Get, get the pick, pick six. six. There you go, nine. Birthday boy, Sean, is but, on By it. the way, that was for Isaiah Wrinkle downstairs when he tried to tell me one time you won the bet. I said, Isaiah, remember Arizona State? But that would be the worst beat of all beats. If you have six and a half and it goes to overtime and a field goal is kicked, you got to be, there's no way I can lose like this. People are still stung from that game in 96 down at uh, Frank Cush Field, USC. All right, let's sneak in one more before we get to break here for the college slate. And uh, let's talk about the the team that I know you love because they're back, Texas. And now they're going to host UTSA. And you have a very interesting angle on this game, which is. For those that are not aware of geography, yeah. this is going to be a lot of the kids that weren't recruited. 100%. And they're going to be like, oh, you should have recruited me. Absolutely right. And by the way, Dave, classic letdown spot. You play Alabama, you lose a hard-fought game. How do you emotionally come back and get ready for the Roadrunners? I mean, you look at this game on the schedule, you go, who? I mean, people, let's be <laughs> real here. If, if San Antonio was not an hour from Austin, you'd be going, what's the nickname of this school? You wouldn't, you wouldn't even know who it is. So I think it's a tough one here. I like UTSA in 12 and a half. Frank Harris, very good quarterback. But the running game has not been the same. Mm. So it'll be a challenge here if it's one-dimensional. Remember, it goes from the 5 to the 95 when you go west to east. And it goes 10 to 90 south to north. Correct. We usually say north to south. Whatever. Come on back. <laughs> Let's talk some boxing next here on Big Bets on Beast and the Sports Betting Network. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line, boost, and special. Lace them up for a week two and beyond with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance offers every single Sunday, all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs, and if it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on a Sunday night football game and get your money back as a free bet if they score at any time. Head to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It is. A whole new ball game. I'm all sure before we get on to boxing, because I know we can't wait to talk about the fight tomorrow yeah. night here in Sin City. Let's talk a little bit more about some of these college football games that we haven't hit yet in the top 25. And certainly, I thought you've already given it out. And I want to make a, a real point of it, that this is the pro tip for this hour. And I'm all, it's a great one. That the biggest advantage we have as betters over the book is simple. We don't have to bet every game Whereas they do have to post every single game and number, right? So, you know, as much as it'd be fun to bet the board, it's not necessarily what you need to do because you think this might be one of the tougher weeks actually for the, for the better to make an advantage over the book. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's my perspective. I mean, you may see it completely differently. Hey, if you do go crazy on whatever games sure. you like, I, I think you got to find your spots and you got to fire, you know, last night I love the Mets I took a play on them and uh, they get there easily on the run line. So if you have an opportunity, you like a game, take it. That, that's the biggest thing. I just look at these matchups. Michigan State, Washington. I don't know how good Michigan State is this year. I don't know how good or bad Washington mm-hmm. is. Um, I want to see these two teams play and then get an idea a little bit more. Uh, yeah, to be honest with you, Dave, it's not an exciting weekend from a matchup like marquee right. games, but I think there's going to be some good games. I, I'm a huge college football guy, so for me, I'm stoked about Michigan State, Washington, BYU, Oregon. Uh, but, but there's but, no Texas Alabama out there. This correct, right? correct, exactly. Great point you made there. But I think when you look at this matchup, Michael Penix, remember the Indiana transfer, he played for Kalen DeBoer, who was the OC at Indiana. He's got some good mobility, good wheels. How will uh, this defense 
for uh, um, excuse me, Michigan State mm-hmm. slow down Washington is the big question mark. Michigan State obviously got a shutout against Akron, but let's not get overly excited. It's the Zips. Can the Spartans team be consistent offensively? That's my one area of concern in this one. Looking forward to seeing how both teams respond in this game. Every time I hear that, I just I just think of airplane. George Zip said that. Yes. Go out there and win one for the zipper. So Washington is laying three and a half. You already mentioned uh, the true home field advantage in that one. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, What about Utah here? Because they're going to lay three touchdowns. You better kick all the extra points as well. Because they're laying 21 against San Diego State. Now, boy, San Diego State, I – we, we, you go off last year, you think, well, maybe they're going to be a decent football team. Not getting off on the good foot so far this year. What do you make of Utah with this big number after a disappointing opening season loss of the Swamp, and then they come back and take care of, what, they scored 73 last week? So Utah's offense, they got it right back in gear. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is a revenge spot for Utah. Remember last year, this is where we saw the changing of the guard for their season. Uh, Brewer was the, Michael Brewer was the starter, and then the second half – uh, we see Kyle Whittingham change to Cam Rising, and the season took off from there. Now, they ended up losing that game in overtime, Dave, but they come from behind, get that game to OT. Now they're laying a huge number against this Aztecs team that's anemic offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 21. When do you want to lay 21 with the Utes? I don't know, but I tell I, you. Look at the total. When you have yeah, such exactly, a big exactly, 48 and a half, yeah. right? So it's like we're not expecting a ton of points. San Diego State doesn't score a ton of points. And sometimes you have to do the math in your head. If you think Utah is going to cover, how many is San Diego State going to score? You got to hold them to 10? That that was my exact number. You basically are sitting there saying you're going to hold this team to 10 to 17 points because you're going to need 31 to 38 to be able to even come close to getting to that point. Um, that's just a push. Uh, mm. I don't know. I, this, is, this Aztecs team looked really, really bad. Scored 10 points against an Arizona defense. That's not great. I think Utah could potentially shut them out. Um, I would, wow, another late game. It's, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern. I would potentially look at the Utah. 10 o'clock Eastern? Who's staying up at the East Coast at 1 o'clock in the morning watching Cam rising? The sun's rising. I'll tell you right now, if I was on the East Coast, I would be. But that's me. I, yeah, this yeah. is like my crack cocaine. No, man. I would too. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I used to all the time when I lived on the East Coast. <laughs> the best is when Hawaii would get more airtime when they weren't as bad as they were. Yeah. I remember one time a game ended at 4.16 in the morning, East Coast time. What time? At 4.16. I was Holy. living in Miami at the time. It was great. I was like, whoa, this is beautiful. You in Miami. That sounds like fun. Uh, Fresno State's going to take on USC. Look, there's a lot of talk about this USC football team. And, and by the way, props to Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. You've, as advertised, you've come in, you've taken care of who you should take care of. Okay. Now you get Fresno State. This is not a bad football team. No. Is that right? This is good football team. 11 and a half at the Coliseum. 74 is the total. You're not going to sing for us now, are you, Sammy? That's from Fletch. I went to the SC Notre Dame game last year at South Bend. I was so impressed as they got wiped out. They call them, I guess, the song girls. Yes. They keep doing that, and they did it an hour after the game was over, and they got just thwarted in Notre Dame. I'm like, y'all can go home now. Game's over. What are you, new? The song girls are the reason why you watch USC football. You think we're watching for Reggie Bush? We're not watching for Caleb Williams. I know. It is, it is captivating. So now you're going to lay 11 and a half if you're SC. Yeah. What do you make of Lincoln Riley so far? Because you've you pointed out they've beaten who they should beat. Right. Is this another team they should beat? 
They should, but don't sleep on this Fresno State team. couple of concerns here. First of all, Fresno State's running game. Now, remember, Ronnie Rivers, after about a 12-year stint at Fresno State, has finally moved on. The running game is just not as effective as it's been in the past. I love Kalen DeBoer. Uh, excuse me. Uh, he was the former uh, coach there. <laughs> right. uh, Jake Hayner, as the quarterback there, really does a tremendous job. But here's where I have a concern, Dave, is I think this USC def- offense is going to go through this Fresno State defense like a hot knife through butter. They should put up somewhere north of 40 points in this Ooh. one. Um, total has gone from 68 or 69 74. to yeah, 74 now. On the flip side, I think Fresno should be able to get to 27 to 31 points. Um, so you're, you're leaning towards that over. We're, we're getting I, there. I am. I generally – I don't get that scared in college football to take a high over total. I think we're going to see some big plays. I think Fresno State can get exposed defensively, particularly in the passing game. I, I think SC is going to have a couple of two to three touchdowns that are north of 30 yards. All right, I do want to reiterate the, to Amal's point here that you do not have to bet every game on the board, and certainly the advantage that you have is picking and choosing the games that you really like instead of just kind of throwing some of those, you know, throwing that the, the, the proverbial dart on the dartboard. That was our pro tip for the hour. We do one every hour here across the VEASAN spectrum, so that's at least 20 a day if you're going by show. They are available for VEASAN Pro subscribers only at VEASAN.com. You can sort them out by sport or by show. Well, I know that you and I are pretty fired up for the uh, trilogy that is Canelo Alvarez, Saul. Nobody calls him Saul. Yeah, exactly. Against Gennady Grafton. Triple G. And the thing about this fight is, normally when you have a trilogy, we've split the first two. Right. Well, that didn't happen in this case. But I think a lot of people that actually watched the first two fights feel like it feels like it was a split. Now, Triple G in the first one felt like he had done enough to, to win. It was a majority draw. Second time around, Triple G felt like he won again. He did not. This time, they awarded it to Canelo, both fights going all 12 rounds. Amal now, but well, the last fight was 2018. It's not 2018 anymore. Gennady Golovkin is not 36 anymore. He's 40, right? Saul is only 32. I Correct. say only. But I wore a younger man's clothes. Now, what do you make of the trilogy matchup here with a 40-year-old Triple G who only has one and one in his ledger? The one is the loss to Canelo, and the one tie is to Canelo. Yeah. So he wants revenge. You know he has it on the brain. Yeah, absolutely right there, Billy Joel Ross. Um, <laughs> you know, to me, when I look at this matchup, the big point you brought up is the four years ago. I got to tell you, I, I, I'm a huge Triple G fan. Mm-hmm. I think he's a guy whose career has been criminally underrated because he did not come to the United States until much later in his career. And I think that hurt him from a popularity standpoint. He's from Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. You mentioned 40 years of age. The big thing, Dave, that concerns me in this matchup, and you talked about it, the lack of fights. I mean, think about this. Since COVID, he's had two fights. Or I mean, so yeah. that, that's a he, big he, amount of time off. He did fight, I believe, in April in Tokyo. He did, correct. He got a ninth, ninth round Murata, TK, yeah. Right? So that was a nice win, but you're right. Overall, he's been more inactive than Canelo, but Canelo's coming off a loss. He He'd gone up in weight. I wonder that, that you know, I, don't, I only lost to Floyd Mayweather, right, before losing if you're Canelo Alvarez, and that Mayweather fight was back in 2013. Is there any lasting hesitancy of Canelo, like, man, I just came off a bad performance by my standards, and now I got Triple G staring me, yeah, staring me down. I got to defend him on this one real quick, right? He steps up in weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at that, but, you know, against a guy like Bibble, who's obviously a bigger guy yeah. and no problem there, but in terms of at the middleweight division here, this guy's as good as it gets. I mean, Floyd Mayweather notwithstanding, you look at what he's been able to do. Um, you know, this guy over the last 
decade and a half has been probably pound for pound as good as anybody? I, I think it's fair to say. And, again, there, we, we talk about correlated plays yeah. a lot, certainly in mixed martial arts and also in boxing. The correlated plays here are if you think it's going to go the same fight script that it did the first two times, Canelo by decision, you can get plus money, plus five instead of laying the 550 which is the big price tag there. If you think Triple G can finally get the KOTKRDQ, well, that's going to be your best price on the board. That's plus 850 because I think a lot of us, you and I included, don't know if he's going to get a – a fair shake sometimes by the judges I, I here in Las Vegas. I don't think he's going to. Yeah, so that's certainly be a great fight here in Las Vegas uh, on Saturday night, tomorrow night. When we come back, let's talk some more NFL. Come on back. It's Big Bets on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March, and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 